Welcome to our podcast, Transparently Speaking. I am Diana, and I have a son who transitioned at a young age to become his true self. And I am Joy. I have also supported my daughter to transition at an early age. We are here to share our experience and our learning along this journey. We want to provide support and guidance parent to parent. And if you find yourself on a similar journey, we want you to know that you are not alone. So let's dive in, transparently speaking. Diana, we've been reflecting in the past about how much energy and effort our kids use regularly to kind of navigate the world and keeping vigilant and aware what's going on around them. And we've just been reflecting personally on how that is been impacting us in terms of how we're showing up with a lot of vigilance, especially in in the midst of this political environment right now. And we each have some stories to share today. I'm hoping this will help listeners realize some of the extent we go through and just to create awareness of actions matter and ways that they too can possibly gauge others, which this is not perfect by any means, which I think we'll talk about. But just for our listeners to know too, poor Diana has COVID a second time. (laughs) So Diana, thanks for showing up for us today, even amidst not feeling great. So I'll go ahead and and share kind of the first story that came up. And this was a, a couple weeks ago, and I've been reflecting on it. This is related to Samantha's participation with her volleyball club team. And I had shared with all of you listeners that I was really impressed and excited by the relationships I was building with some of the parents. And if there's one parent in particular, I am very tempted to share our broader story with. And I continue to be hesitant. That was the only time I actually really engaged with this parent and I haven't yet since. And so there hasn't been an opportunity to have additional conversation. But in the back of my mind, I've always been hoping and wanting to believe that Samantha's coaches are supportive and would be like the best allies for her. Well, that hope was sort of crushed when I saw social media posts on Facebook Uh, Many of you may be very familiar with the amazing women swimmer, Leah Thomas, and how she's competed in the NCAA championships. And I guess Riley Gaines and Leah Thomas tied. And what's come to light more recently is that Riley Gaines is not supportive or she's questioning transgender women in sports, whether or not they should be participating. In fact, she's very clear. So she's actually created congressional testimony to claim that biological women on campuses, you know, shouldn't have to compete or that it's not fair for them to compete against transgender women. So what ended up happening was there was a Facebook post that came up with Riley Gaines saying, I'm not supporting of transgender women competing in women's sports. And our volleyball coach had reposted this. And so my heart crushed a little bit when I saw that. So your volleyball coach reposts about how Riley said trans women should not compete in in sports. Yeah, it was like, I stand with women or I stand with Riley. And Riley's comment was very much anti-trans women in sports. Got it. 100%. Did the coach write, like, did they just repost or did they also 
you know how sometimes people comment. Exactly. There was no comment. It was a repost of someone else's post. So it wasn't like a direct, you know, from Riley Gaines or anything. It was someone else's post. They reposted it. And it just created a little heart-wrenching experience for me. Why? What did you make it mean? I interpreted it as, first, he is likely not supportive and or not fully educated and informed about the concept of equity or fairness here. And that there's such a broader story about transgender women in sports that's not being told. Everything gets simplified so much. And so my initial reaction was, ugh, like I, again, had this hope that he might be somebody really supportive. But in, upon initially seeing that post, I was like, okay, so he's not a person on the top list of folks I would engage with to have a conversation about my daughter in sports. Sure. It makes sense if he's posting something that says basically reading between the line that transgender women should not be competing in women's categories. Exactly. You know, it's interesting how how we read these posts. And, and, and it's not perfect because sometimes, we, you know, if we have a chance to talk to people, not that, I, you know, depending who it is and what it is, it's like, oh, I didn't really realize it meant that or I didn't really know enough about that. And I think we recognize that. But it, at right now, it's too much of a risk to figure out which way a person sits. Do you know what I mean? Do they sit on the side of a little bit of ignorance and didn't understand completely what that is about and all the aspects of that argument? Or do they feel like they understand plenty? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. And feel strongly about it. Exactly. I think that there's so many assumptions and guesses we have to make as we're interpreting some of these things. Uh, And I continue to want to believe that with more education and being more informed, more people would be supportive of transgender girls in sports. And it's an unknown. Right. And, And there's risks involved. To having the conversation. Right. To taking that chance. Yes, exactly. For us, it's a huge risk. It's a risk that, well, if he was not supportive, then he would share and disclose Samantha within the club team. And maybe there are other coaches, like maybe it would get escalated and maybe that would limit her opportunity to participate. And of course, my brain goes wild, as you always know, of to like really extreme circumstances. What if he contacts the news, the media, things like that? What if... What if people contact, you know, the conservative groups to come down on this? I'm not helpful here. (laughs) No, my brain does all the same things. And I think it's, you know, helpful for our listeners to understand maybe how we continue to think about this with the broader goal, of course, of supporting our kids, of creating safe spaces for them, of trying to continue to seek out areas that are safe to encourage them to be who they are. Yeah. And I would say also to our listeners, like if you're a friend or an ally or even a parent, if if this is the worry of your child, the number one thing is don't dismiss it because it has been a reality for some. No, it doesn't happen all the time, but it can and it does. And so for me, one of the least supportive things is to be told, well, that's not Mm going to happen or that's not likely. It's like, but it does. And now I'm dismissing you because you don't (laughs) seem to know the reality of our world. So, yeah, yes, yeah, 
I had my own experience with that recently. Clark and I are thinking about heading to Mexico to see my family. He's only met a few of them, not many. The reason just the two of us is a long story, but that's what our family thinks is best. So as we prepare to go down there and see family and things like that, I noticed a couple family members have posted recently what I would qualify as anti-LGBTQ plus posts. Mm. And it made me very, very uncomfortable. So one of them, and I shared the picture with you, Joy, is this picture. It's a cartoon picture of two children kind of huddled together. And there's a big hand, which when you read the text, you'll know is the hand of God, the hand of Jesus covering like an umbrella over their heads and a rainbow coming down like rain hitting the hand and falling off the hand so it doesn't touch the kids away from the kids Mm -hmm. and the whole it's a long text i won't translate the whole thing but basically was talking about i'm not protecting my children from accepting others i am protecting them from the standards of truth of the world and it kind of goes on and that my children will understand the symbol of the rainbow as the word of God defines it, not how our world represents it. I'm going to raise them, my children, so that they know that their identity is defined by God, not by this world. Oh my goodness. Okay. So to me, my perception understanding of that is that God is defining gender and sexuality according to biblical, very much heteronormative and cisgender approach. Yes. What you're assigned at birth and that that assumption of genitals equal gender and genitals equal um, sexuality, sexual preferences, mm-hmm. etc. Yes. And, and so to me, very anti-LGBT. And I saw that and I I sent it to my to my dad and I was like, am I understanding this correctly? <laughs> like, please tell me I'm not. Yeah, because who was posting it, Diana? My cousin, his niece. So I read that and, and we know that they're kind of ultra religious. And then I'm like, okay, let it go, let it go. And then there's another one from a different uncle, different part of the family that posted a picture. It's what appears to be a man and what appears to be a woman sitting their backs towards the camera and a child sitting in between them. And on the one that appears to be a male, there's words on the shirt that says in Spanish, dad, man. And it looks like a watering can pointing towards where the child's sitting. And on the shirt of what appears to be the woman says, mom, woman has a watering can pointing towards the child and the child in the middle has a plant that's growing And it says, celebrate heterosexual pride, the family original design, and how God created it. Yeah, which is great. Yes, we should (laughs) celebrate that. And we should recognize. Well, I think the design part, I'm like, I... I believe people are designed to be gay and transgender. And so I just think it's a very limiting belief and that families uh, look so many different ways. And so, so I sent that to my dad and I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure I understand this one. Well, (laughs) (laughs) but I was surprised by this uncle and my dad's like, oh no, he's known to be conservative. And I was like, really? Oh, man. 
my dad's like, I think you should, you and Clark should not go to Mexico. I'm really worried. Oh, really? Is that I'm really worried people are going to say stupid things and you're going to be hurt and you're going to be upset. And I know he's really concerned about this. So I weighed out. I don't want to stress him out. He's going to. But I sat down with Clark and I showed him. <laughs> Clark speaks some Spanish. He's, he spoke enough and the language is similar enough that he understood celebrate heterosexual yeah. pride. <laughs> But we talked about it and we both came to the conclusion that we will go. I mean, I kind of joked with my dad, like, oh, people say stupid stuff. 50-50 chance that I'll even understand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like much easier for me to understand written words yeah. than spoken. But um, but honestly, we talked about it. And some of our feeling was like, well, Clark said, you don't think I deal with people saying stupid things all the time. Like I deal with that all the time. It's not anything new to me. I think that's important. And it's a little bit different from family, but he doesn't know this family as much. And we have some understanding of religious backgrounds. On the other hand, what we talked about is this family does love us. We've never really had open conversations about Clark's transitions or even Dinah's. I don't even think they know that Dinah's transition. Oh, okay. <laughs> I I feel like we have the opportunity to change hearts or at least plant seeds to create some questioning in their belief from the love they have from us, from going there, from getting to know us, from seeing we're good people, mm-hmm. we're the people they love and have always loved. And whether they learn of this, label or identity doesn't change who we are so that's kind of the decision we're making and that we can we can handle stupid things that doesn't mean we don't get upset we have to be given room to be upset and being upset is not a problem because that's kind of to me the pathway through the valley of healing you know to try to push away and justify it and say it's fine alone is just going to create more pain for us. But being like, yeah, I can understand that they're religious and that this is what they believe. And it's hurtful. Holding those two truths together, I think is the pathway to healing and to be able to keep showing up. (laughs) But to the point of what we're saying, I honestly am using these posts and which one of the family members like it. Oh yeah. (laughs) To gauge where I'm going to be most cautious. Uh Uh-huh. I have so many questions as I think about you preparing for this trip and, you know, what like pre-work you might do or what early conversations you might have or how you're going to try to set yourself up to, you know, have a trip of safety and ease and all these things. What of any of that might resonate with you or do you have anything else you'd like to share with your with listeners about it? I mean, I'll be honest. I almost, especially with my uncle's post of this is human design or God's design, whatever. I almost messaged him, not there, but personally, or we have a family uh, group chat that he's on. So not such a public forum to say, hey, what is this about? Like, why all the animosity? Nobody's telling you not to have heterosexual pride. Like, you know, why, why, but I, why the strong feelings? Like, talk to me about this. But my grasp of the language, I don't have confidence in enough to feel like I can continuously have that or have that conversation well. Mm -hmm. So I thought about it for a while and then I decided, no, I'm just going to, I'm going to do what we do, which is no prep. I'm going to go. 
we're going to show up as Diana and Clark and just do what we do, like be with family, love on us. Like we're not going to have conversations about gender. If it comes up, if there are questions, then we'll manage it, but we'll manage it with love. And I think the only prep work I'd have to do is (laughs) talk to my, I'm laughing because he listens. So get ready, dad. (laughs) Some prep work will be to talk to my dad about like, we don't have to get angry at these things. Mm -hmm. We can call them out with love. Yeah, I understand you think this. And that's kind of hurt. Not kind of that is hurtful when you say it that way, because you're commenting on who we are. Yeah, we can handle that with love and be upset. I think my dad worries about our feelings. And, and I love him for that. And I think it's okay to be upset. It doesn't ruin things. And I want to share that this warm feeling is coming up for me. Like, this is beautiful. I'm seeing that you are planning to use this opportunity and this strong bond of family as recognizing a safe space and being able to maybe have some of these conversations and trying to get curious or trying to help people recognize that the language they're using or that some of their beliefs even can be received in ways that feel hurtful and that they might not recognize that, but that you're creating a space for potential understanding here and maybe growth on both sides. Right. And I mean, maybe it won't come up at all too. That's the other scenario because we're not going to bring it. We don't usually bring it up. You know, there's no reason to, but if it does, I'm happy to address it. And if it feels right and I see that uncle I would consider saying, hey, I saw this and I just wanted to talk to you about it. I might do that without bringing Clark into necessarily being the example of that conversation, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. But the <laughs> the funny thing that uh, Clark recognized right away when I showed the one from my uncle, is he looked at the name and he goes, <laughs> is that who I'm named after? His middle name was named after. <laughs> There were three family members that had that name. I loved them all. I love all my family, but there were things I really enjoyed. So it's not just him, but he's one of the three that had that name that we did choose for him because yes. And I had to say, he's a third of it, (laughs) but the irony will be great. Just like Forrest Gump. (laughs) He was named Forrest to remind him of the ignorance of the world. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Well, Diana, we'll be curious to hear how that goes. And thank you so much for sharing that update with us. Best wishes on the trip. That's a wrap on this episode of Transparently Speaking. Thanks for joining us today. Join us again on the 1st and 15th of every month for our next podcast. Thank you to Filter for our awesome music. That's P-H-I-L-T-Y-R. Check them out at Apple Music, YouTube Music, Spotify, or anywhere you download music. As a reminder, we welcome your feedback and questions. Email us anytime at transparentlyspeakingpodcast at gmail.com. If you're taking something away from our podcast, we'd appreciate if you'd take a moment to provide us a review. The more listeners and reviews, the more people we can reach and support. Thanks in advance. Cheers from Joy and Diana.